Welcome to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today we'll be talking about three and maybe four stories if I can talk just fast enough. First, Hoda Muthana, the ISIS bride, wants to come back to the U.S. Just say no. Second, the Democrats' two-pronged attack on the border wall. They have really cornered Trump. I want to tell you why, what they're trying to do. Third, Obviously, Jesse Smollett arrested. I want to play for you the Chicago police statement. Simply unbelievable. And last, President Trump moves to protect gays around the world from criminal prosecution and leftists complain that's racist. Not kidding. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and welcome to today's First Five. Up on the screen, you're going to see a picture of a woman named Hoda Muthana. She grew up in Alabama. She was born in America, and she signed up to join ISIS. She went off to the Middle East. She took her parents' money they gave her to pay for college, bought herself a ticket to fly to Turkey, got herself inside with ISIS, and has been over there since 2014. She's had three different husbands over there. She had one husband. She married one ISIS fighter. She's joined ISIS. So she marries one ISIS fighter. He's killed in action. Marries another ISIS fighter. He is the father of her one child. He's killed. Marries a third guy. We don't know what happened to him. But here we are in February 2019, and she's now in a refugee camp in Syria. And she wants to come back to America. She's asked to, for America to bring her back. The reason I tell you why I say in this, my first five today, just say no, if we can, to her, is because she did not choose to, you know, gallivant off from college, a college weekend, and, you know, um, steal a pack of cigarettes or dine and dash or, you know, maybe even get involved in stealing a car. She joined the single largest enemy group of America, of the world, of the free world, ISIS, the group dedicated to destroying Western civilization, dedicated to taking down America, dedicated to destroying freedom in this world. And she joined that group on purpose. Now she says she got uh, radicalized online and if she could come back, she would try to help people learn how not to do that. But I would just talk a little bit more about how First of all, her legal situation, and then actually what it's right or wrong for America to do. To be precise, her legal situation is uh, Secretary of State Pompeo and President Trump have taken the position she's not really a citizen. She never was a citizen, and she has no right to come back. So they have said no. Her, the reason they say that was she is the daughter of a diplomat, a Yemeni, a Yemen, country of Yemen, Yemeni diplomat, came to America served in our government, or, you know, representing Yemen, and after he was finished with his diplomatic service, stayed here, and that's when he and his wife had, the, had she, this girl was born. So it's very clear in American law that just because people are born in America, 
if they are the child, if a child's born here of a diplomat of a foreign country, that child does not have citizenship. She's saying, no, no, my dad was done being a diplomat. Uh, and then America's saying, nope, you know, you're a child of a diplomat. You're not a citizen, never were, cannot come back. But so that battle's going to happen in court. The second point is, though, America doesn't really have, you know, you'd like to say, well, okay, if we don't want her to come back because she's fought against the, on behalf of the most evil force in this world against America, and we don't want her back, you know, can we withdraw her citizenship? Can we revoke her citizenship? And the answer is, if she really is a citizen, which is the question, which a court will have to decide because her parents have said they're going to file a lawsuit to have her determined to be a citizen. But there really is not anything in federal law, even if she's convicted of treason, that allows America to revoke her citizenship. So if she is deemed a citizen and she comes back, she needs to be prosecuted. And this is where I want to get to where I'm, why I think it's so, so important to take this case very, very seriously, or as I often say, why this matters to you. This girl, when she took off to go over and join ISIS, was 18 or 19. She was not a child. She was a grown-up. She was in college. She was reading extremist things online, says she, and she went over to join ISIS to join those fighters. But even after seeing, and her, her complaint now is that, you know, she's sees the error of her ways. It was a bad thing to do. But she didn't just hang out over there and hang out with the ISIS fighters. She was among the most prolific people affiliated with ISIS attacking America. Here's just one tweet among many that she put out. This tweet said, Americans, wake up. Men and women all together, you have much to do while you live under our greatest enemy. Enough of your sleeping. Go on drive-bys. Spill all of their blood. Or rent a big truck and drive all over them. Veterans, patriots, Memorial Day kill them. She put out many, many ugly, vicious tweets urging her fellow American Muslims to kill innocent people. This was not just an innocent, confused girl who got taken over there. She was part of the just ongoing propaganda. Other unbelievably ugly tweets, she was comparing American Muslims' weakness in not killing more innocent Americans as compared with other countries where Muslims do kill more innocent people. But the clincher for me, why I say just say no to her if there's any way we can, she has no appreciation for what she actually did. When she was interviewed, with actually some you know, typical left-wing media reporter, trying to find his name, ABC's James Longman went over to the Syrian camp to interview her to find out, you know, what she's all about, what she's thinking now. And of course, it was a super sympathetic interview. She's standing there holding her baby. She's just, you know, this is terrible. I want to bring my baby home. You know, very sympathetic interview. But he asked her in the interview, what if you had a message for the people watching this in America now? And she says, I wish I could take it completely out of their memories. I don't want people to picture me with that kind of mentality. I hope America doesn't think of me, of, I think I'm a threat to them. I hope they can accept me. He says, well, you think you deserve a punishment? This is, can you put her face back up there? She has the innocent face. It's bugging the daylights out of me. Do you think you deserve a punishment for what you did? This is the interview asked her, do you think you deserve a punishment? You've been helping ISIS for five years. 
You fathered a child with an ISIS killer. You have been fomenting hatred. Do you think you deserve a punishment for what you did? She paused in the interview. She smiled brightly. And instead of answering, she just sat there smiling. So finally, the uh, ABC reporter again says, well, you're going to join, you join the Islamic State. That's a crime, right? And she says, I don't know. Here's her description of what punishment she thinks she receives, should receive. Maybe therapy lessons? Maybe a process to ensure us that we'll never do this again. Jail time? I don't know if that has that effect on people. Sometimes it has a worse effect on people. I'm just traumatized from my experience. This girl is telling you she's the victim. She was traumatized. She's lost. She can't believe that there's someone kind of hinting maybe she should be punished. So the answer, if America has any way of keeping her out, the answer is no, you may not come home. That has to be the answer in America. I'll tell you the other reason I say that. And on Monday, you know, this show is Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central. Well, Monday is always Deep Dive Monday. And this coming Monday, I'm going to talk about Islamization. I'm going, to descri- I'm going to spend the whole show just describing to you what Islamization is. Islamization is a real thing. It is a commitment by millions and millions and millions of Muslims in this world that their job is to force the spread of Islam by force or manipulation or duplicity. It is a commitment to spread Islamic law, Sharia, to everywhere in the world. Just because she says, I want to come home now, I, I, you know, I, maybe I should get therapy or something, after she joined a force that has wreaked untold misery, murder, mayhem, destroyed people's lives all over the world, and she thinks maybe what she needs is therapy lessons. I'm not so sure we should even think of taking her alleged repentance, her I'm so sorry, seriously. The world has enough problems with people around this world engaged in Islamization. As just one example, I want to mention, I'm going to talk about more on Monday. But in the country of Germany, when Merkel, Angela Merkel, agreed in 2015 to bring in millions of Muslim immigrants... The result is, as of right now, let alone all the jihadist attacks, I mean, all over Western Europe, murder, mayhem, random killing of innocent people and women and children and babies and everyone, bad enough that that was. But Europe is battling Islamization. Europe is battling the pressure by the Muslims living in their country, claiming and acting as though they have the right to force Sharia, force Islamic culture to be accepted, not just tolerated, not just under diversity accepted, forced on Western Europe. The former uh, German uh, spy chief, Hans George Maassen, was recently interviewed and talked about how just in Germany, he knows they have at least 2,000 Islamists ready to carry out attacks in Germany at any time. We don't need to be bringing any more potential Islamists to this country. 
I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is my first five today. The next one I want to turn to next today, and uh, as I say, I always have more topics than time, but I want to turn to what the Democrats have done to President Trump's border wall promise. So in just a very quick zip, we're going to go off to the next story, which is the Democrats' two-pronged attack on the border wall. Stay tuned. Welcome back to America. Can we talk? Okay, you know, if you think about of all the promises President Trump made, you know, during his campaign, I mean, there were a lot of things he said, you know, locker up of Hillary was one, but leaving that aside, he promised a border wall. He promised border security. So here we sit in February 2019. Every once in a while, you see a tweet from the White House. Hey, President Trump made progress. We have, you know, this portion of the wall was built. There was a little bit of progress here. We're working on this. But I want to just bring into focus today how much the Democrat Party has done to just corner President Trump's agenda, to corner him, to strangle his agenda, to bring forth the actual construction of a border wall where needed along the southern border. It's a two-pronged Democrat attack. It is underway, and frankly, Trump is losing the battle. I'll start by saying that I was at a conference last week or last weekend, and there was one group among many groups there, you know, conservative groups. One group there was called Legal Immigrants for America. And they were talking about that real Americans and actually the offspring of or the you know descendants of immigrants in this country, we love immigration. We want immigration. We just want it legal. And part of the argument of legal immigration only and stopping illegal immigration is because we will know who's here. We will know who has no right to be here. We will take steps to stop the people who sh- are trying to come here who have no right to come here. I'm going to give you a quick quiz on where we are in terms of the impact of the cost of illegal immigration in this country and then turn to how the left has pretty much hogtied President Trump in his effort to get the border wall done. I'm not, he's not going to give up, but he's in big trouble on it. So just a few statistics. Let me ask you this. Okay. What percent of the gang members in America today, gang members in America, are illegal immigrants? If I, if I was doing this speech in person, I would say, who thinks it's 10%, who thinks it's 20 who thinks it's 30 40 50 What percent of gang members in America today are illegal immigrants? 45%. Almost half the gang members in this country are illegal immigrants. Okay, how many people do we think we have in the country already who are illegal immigrants? This is the conservative estimate come up with, that they came up with in the MIT-Yale study. Liberal, liberal colleges, they're going to give you the liberal answer. MIT and Yale, their answer is 18 million adults and 4.2 million of their children. So we're talking over 22 million on the conservative end, already illegal immigrants living in America. What do you think that costs America? Taxpayers nationwide pay something in the range of 134.9 billion, B as in boy, billion every year to cover the costs of illegal aliens. We have, we have all these um, sanctuary cities. We have over 500 U.S. jurisdictions that are sanctuary cities that protect criminal aliens from illegal immigration. 
Those, so, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's not like we don't really have an illegal immigrant problem. We have a serious illegal immigrant problem. But compounded with that, we have a serious commitment by the American left to make sure that we can never, we can never secure the southern border. Please believe me, the American left is not in favor of securing the border and just using different ways. They don't want it to secure, be, to be secured. The Democrats have a two-pronged attack, and they're winning so far in both of them. The first one was the bill that President Trump signed last Friday. It was the bill so we didn't have a government shutdown again. It was a bill that the compromise bill where Trump was looking for money to build the wall the Democrats, because they now hold the House, the Democrats and, and the, and the, um, in the House and the, and the Senate, the Republicans in the House and the Senate got together, had a conference committee, had a meeting. They only agreed to give Trump a small portion of the amount of money he asked for in the wall. Republicans are acting like they did a good job negotiating, saying, hey, what are you going to do? Democrats won't agree. But the money that was for, in this, for the wall in that bill doesn't begin to cover the wall. Trump is afraid to not sign that bill. He signed the bill over the protests of the angel moms, the people who've organized in this country to say, we've lost children. Our children have died at the hands of illegal aliens. Please secure the border. The angel moms showed up at the White House to say to Trump, please do not sign this bill. Don't sign it. Don't let them strangle the, the funding for the border wall. They were pushed out, including by Mike Mulvaney, by Trump's own people saying, can't have you here, got to sign this. Now, Trump is calculating he doesn't want to have another shutdown. He's calculating, got, can't have a shutdown, got to take the bill as given. We can move forward with funding for the government this way. So he signed the bill. So the one attack the Democrats have is simply defunding the money from Congress to build the wall or failing to fund building the wall. And their second prong attack is the lawsuit I mentioned last week or this week, whatever it was, filed by Democrat-run states in this country challenging President Trump's emergency order saying that he was going to use his executive power issue an emergency order to build the wall using military funding. So Trump is trying, tries to get money from Congress, Democrats block it, says, okay, we're going to have to use military funds, and the Democrats are trying to block that too. Well, Ann Coulter, you know, early on the campaign, huge, huge Trump supporter, you know, famous for that big, that quote she said one day in a talk show, I think it was February 2016, you know, who's the most likely Republican candidate to win the primary, the likely next president. She said Trump. Everyone said, oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding. But Ann Coulter has bailed out on Trump. She's decided Trump isn't serious about building the wall or else he wouldn't have signed that bill because now he's really hamstrung. Among the things in the bill to understand that are making him hamstrung, uh, one is that the bill requires that for the wall to be built, you have to get agreement from local authorities. So even though the, this, is the, this is the bill that Congress passed giving a minuscule portion of funding for the wall, even that funding is limited. They have to get permission from the local jurisdiction to, um, to, in order to build it. And of course, the Democrat one's going to say no. Absolutely not. So that is one. Um, and they also have this idiotic provision in there, again, put in by the Democrats. And Coulter calls it the 
Pedophiles Go Free Act, but in that provision of this bill that the, the Democrats funded the wall with, they said they expressly prohibit the deportation of any legal alien who is part of a household or thinking of becoming part of a household that contains an unaccompanied minor. I mean, it's language they wrote in to make it impossible to build the wall. So I will say the Democrats may have won the battle on this. I don't know how much Trump is going to get done on the wall. I don't know if he can get the wall done, you know, using the executive order. That, by the way, the executive order is going to involve, because there's a lawsuit over that, the Democrat states are suing over that, that is going to end up in, first of all, the Democrats, naturally, the Democrat states filed that litigation in the Northern District, the federal court in the Northern District of California, which is, of course, a liberal left-wing court that won't let Trump, they would not let him tie his shoes by himself if it were up to them. They're going to go along with the Democrat states. They're going to agree that Trump's executive order is somehow unconstitutional. And then it'll go to the full Ninth Circuit. And that full Ninth Circuit is going to, or it's going to go to the Ninth Circuit, then the full Ninth Circuit, and eventually make its way to the Supreme Court. Now, a lot of scholars would say, okay, by the time we get to the Supreme Court, you know, Trump will probably win the day. They'll probably rule that his executive order was constitutional and that he's allowed to use his military money to build the border wall. But by then, we'll be into his hopefully his second term or the term of some Democrat who will drop the whole effort. You get what I'm saying? By the time this lawsuit is done, we'll be past the 2020 presidential elections. The Democrats have set it up so Trump cannot build the wall. I will say, <coughs> sorry, I will say the only saving grace is I think that more and more people will see you might not like a picture of a wall. You might think the wall was too much. But the Democrats are telling America, we will abandon border security. We don't care who comes here. We are happy to let things go. Happy to let this whole situation um, flop and fail so that Trump can't build his wall and we're going to have America overrun the border. And hopefully enough Americans are awake to how bad that would be. So that's Trump's situation on the wall. I want to do a quick, quick story uh, on, the, on Jesse Smollett. You probably saw that Jesse Smollett was arrested. This is our friend in uh, Chicago who claimed he was mugged by two white MAGA-wearing thugs in below zero temperatures in the middle of the night in an area of Chicago that is basically majority black and gay. So his story fell apart almost instantly. His co-conspirators, the two guys who have now come forward, two Nigerians have come forward and said, okay, we made up the whole thing. You know, we actually rehearsed the fight. And so Jesse Smollett is still, you know, he's, he's under arrest. He's facing state charges for filing a false police report. It was a very poignant news conference given by the chief of police in Chicago. I want to play a small segment of it right now. This announcement today <laughs> recognizes that Empire actor Jesse Smollett took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career. I'm left hanging my head and asking why. 
Why would anyone, especially an African-American man, use the symbolism of a noose to make false accusations? How could someone look at the hatred and suffering associated with that symbol and see an opportunity to manipulate that symbol to further his own public profile? How can an individual who's been embraced by the city of Chicago turn around and slap everyone in this city in the face by making these false claims? Bogus police reports cause real harm. They do harm to every legitimate victim who's in need of support by police and, and investigators as well as the citizens of this city. Okay, I'm so glad that that chief of police in Chicago had the backbone, the integrity to come forward and say that. This whole incident, and I, I'm going to get to a good outcome about this incident in a moment, but this whole incident is a fabulous opportunity to force conversation about racial hoaxes, about why someone would do them, about what is true, and about what harm they cause. And, and so this guy, I didn't want to play his whole thing, but he also had a statement in this same, in this same news conference, the same uh, chief of police in Chicago, who said, I just wish that the families of gun violence in this city got this much attention. Because that's who really deserves the amount of attention that we're giving to this particular incident. Chicago has a horrific crime problem. Actual victims of mugging. Actual victims of violence. And Chicago police, because Jesse Smollett's a high-end, you know, I never heard of him until now, but I guess a lot of people did. You know, famous guy on the Fox show Empire. You know, I mean, they scurried around. They watched hours and hours of video camera. They, they just knocked themselves out trying to find these non-existent wrongdoers. I love that this guy came out and said this. I love that there is more attention paid to how much harm this was done by this lie by Jesse Smollett and his team. But I want to also point out what's happening in addition in response to this. Um, there's a, a tweet that Trump put out this morning, or yeah, I think this morning, um, where he said, and this is, this is the great question, Jesse Smollett, what about MAGA? What about making America great again? And the tens of millions of people you insulted with your racist and dangerous comments. And you know, when you go back and look at what Jesse Smollett said, he and his supporters and his family and all the lefties in this country that piled on, they didn't just say, this was a horrible incident and we've got to find these people. They tried to portray this incident as just one of the many relentless, ongoing, day after day, you know, horrible things that are continually happening because this is the most racist, horrible, evil country in the world. This is what the left tried to do with this. They didn't just say, this was bad, let's find the bad guy, let's find the perpetrators. They tried to make this a campaign statement, a policy statement, a political statement, a commentary on American culture. And it was just, not just profoundly dishonest of Jesse Smollett, to make this up. It was profoundly antagonistic against America for so many people on the left to leap to the conclusion it was true and then, and then 
to spread their fire instead of just saying, no, those two guys got to be apprehended and prosecuted to spread their fire, to machine gun fire all of American society, to criticize America, to say that America is a horrible, terrible place, and look what happened here, and look at this, you know, this is just one of just endless, ongoing, horrible things that happen every day in this country, and it isn't true. And I'm glad, you know, a lot of people thought, probably, that Trump should just be quiet about it. Jesse Smollett got caught. He made up a racial hoax. He lied. He got, he's going to be prosecuted. He may even be prosecuted for the federal charge of mailing, using the U.S. Postal Service to mail himself a hoax threat. I mentioned that the other day, but to be clear what he did, this all started because Jesse Smollett thought he wasn't paid enough money for his, his uh, part, whatever his part was in the show, Empire. He was paid $20,000 an episode, I think it was. He thought he was worth more. And because he couldn't get enough attention to how much money he thought he was worth, he and his allies appear to have sent a hoax letter addressed to him at Fox, saying, calling him essentially really ugly, racist, and, um, and uh, homophobic accusations. I mean, homophobic slurs. So he mails himself a threat. Didn't get enough attention out of that. Didn't get Fox to say, oh my gosh, this is horrible. So then he goes through this fake, uh, you know, this this entire fake mugging incident, this hoax, and now he's finally been caught. And, you know, this is kind of what you get around to this point on so many instances like this. It would be profoundly healing in this country if Jesse Smollett could say, I made it up. I am sorry. Done. But he can't do that. Not only can he not, at least he hasn't yet. His brother, there is another, uh, this is actually an Instagram post by his brother. And I'm going to just read you what his, his brother, after Jesse's been arrested, after the Nigerian brothers have confessed to the police, after the police have the evidence that Jesse gave them the money to go by the rope, after they, the Nigerian brothers have told the police that Jesse and the two of them rehearsed this mugging, and the police have now arrested him, this is what Jesse's brother put up on Instagram. This is the media, an irresponsible media. It will make the criminal look like he's the victim and make the victim look like he's the criminal. If you aren't careful, the media will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. His brother and his family and uh, what's the guy's name, Don Lemon on CNN, are still painting Jesse Smollett as the victim. Still saying that the reason Smollett was arrested was not because he perpetrated a hoax on the police, but because the media is mean, because the police are mean, because America's mean. They cannot bring themselves to, you know, what they should just do is just shut up. They should just dip their lip, let the process move, express their love for their brother and say, you know, Jesse's having a hard time, you know, we're right with him. But they can't. They can't just do that. They're off using this kind of quote, accusing America of wrongdoing because Jesse got arrested for committing a hoax. 
Don Lemon actually also on CNN had a whole long, you know, this isn't Jesse's fault thing. I don't even want to humor Don Lemon. I don't even know why he still has a job at CNN, but he does. And he continues to apologize, not just apologize for, but justify, explain, dignify this whole episode. And I'll tell you folks that I said I had something positive to say about this, and I really, 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 really do. America is not perfect. But America, it is the best country on earth. It is the best country on earth who tries very, very, very hard to correct past wrongs. America through our own goodness, and frankly, not not any with no help from the American left, no help from the Democrats. America, you know, fought the Civil War. We ended slavery. We had the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the Civil Rights Movement. Again, the Republicans. We had the uh, efforts to end segregation. Democrat imposed segregation in the South. Democrat Jim Crow laws. America has come so far and does so much good. There are literally millions of, Mer- of Americans of every race and ethnicity who try very hard every day to do the right things, to not judge their neighbors because of skin color, but to judge them as Martin Luther King urged us to do based on content of character. This country is filled with good, noble people who do the right thing of every race and ethnicity. And the Smollett incident gives us another chance to remind ourselves that actually America is a good country filled with good people who try to do the right things and that all of us of every race, ethnicity, national origin should denounce this hoax, not just because someone might have been actually arrested and falsely charged for something that didn't happen, but because the entire incident is another effort to paint America as a deeply racist society. It's an attack, as Trump was saying in his tweet, an attack on America, an attack on the goodness of America. I could spend a whole show running through, I found even more since our show yesterday, more examples of racial hoaxes perpetrated by leftists in this country, always targeting conservatives, always targeting people who happen to have white skin color, always trying to claim that America is a deeply horrible racist place, hoaxes committed to continue the attack on the character and culture of America. That is what should come out of this, is the willingness for more and more people to denounce the hoaxes that are so wrong, but on top of that, to acknowledge and honor the goodness of America and to agree when racism does occur, or when people perceive an incident as racist, to have an actual conversation about the real incidents that happen, to see if we can try to solve them together, to look at the facts together. A national conversation, however, has become almost impossible because of how much antagonism has been introduced into our our culture and our society about race. So uh, it's a very tough thing for America to move forward. You know, I'm going to say one thing about America overarching and then uh, turn my next topic. But I say so often in my speeches on this show, wherever I'm talking, that America is the most extraordinary country on earth. You literally you know, why I I do this show, why I speak up so much about America is because of America's important place in the world as an example of a country founded on liberty. It's why I say you can't have America and socialism. Socialism will destroy America. You also cannot have America and tribalism. 
the effort of the identity politics, grievance industry, anti-American left is to perpetuate division. It is the purpose of the left wing endless efforts to have racial identity politics to glom on to incidents that seem to have been have racism as an element and to embellish the argument that not just that incident might have happened might have been wrong but that just is just a signal of what a horrible country this is the effort to tribalize america is an effort the american left lives for focuses on tries to achieve so you can't have america and socialism you have to choose you can't have America and tribalism. The tribalistic efforts of the American left harm our culture. Rising above tribalism is the only healing, only way to get past this endless and unsolvable division being created by the American left and their tribalistic mindset. Okay, that's it for today. We're going to take the very briefest of breaks. When we come back, I want to tell you about something Trump is trying to do to fight to end criminalization of homosexuality in this world. And shockingly, the left doesn't like it. Stay tuned. So President Trump has his ambassador to Germany uh, is a guy named Richard Grinnell. Richard Grinnell is actually a, he's um, Trump's ambassador to Germany. He's openly gay. He is uh, conservative. He's a great ambassador. Trump is happy with him. Grinnell took to, uh, has, has gotten, on, is the heading up an effort the Trump administration is making to end the criminalization of homosexuality in the world, to stop the criminalizing being gay that is the case in the world. One reason he this became uh, came to Grinnell's attention recently was that the country of Iran, because of its Islamic its teachings under Islam, recently, like last week, put a man to death by hanging for being gay. This happens all over the Islamic world. This happens in countries that follow Sharia, Islamic law. This happens in Muslim-majority countries. In fact, Grinnell was talking about what happened. He, he's launching the effort to decriminalize homosexuality in dozens of countries around the world. This past Tuesday, just two days ago, Grinnell uh, headed up a committee, me a meeting uh, in Germany of Euro European LGBT, they call it LGBT, LGBT activists to discuss how to end laws in countries that make it illegal to be gay. I mean, I think actually for the American audience, you might be listening to this and thinking, there's really countries in the world where they still consider it a crime to be gay? But the answer is yes. Yes, for men or women, and countries, and in most cases, virtually all of them, it is Islamic majority countries. It is countries that follow Islamic law, Sharia. This is why they have these laws in place. So. This guy, Grinnell, is trying to stir up an effort to get not just his own, you know, to take stand up for himself, but for people around the world to say America should lead the charge in the world to decriminalize being gay. I can't imagine a more logical mission than that, a more righteous, a more moral, a more just, a more 
important issue than this. You saw during, you know, we had the uh, Arab Spring, we had a lot of countries that became more committed to their Islamic um, faith or the Islamic majority population. Stories abounded with ISIS. ISIS, you know, throwing gay men off the top of buildings. Uh, and in fact, one thing this report talks about is, and Grinnell talked about, politicians, this is Grinnell's statement, politicians, the UN, democratic governments, diplomats, and good people everywhere should speak up loudly. Barbaric public executions are all too common in a country where consensual homosexual relationships are criminalized and punishable by flogging, which if you don't know, that's public whipping, flogging and death. So Grinnell, as I say, openly gay, American Trump's ambassador to Germany, is he, he tweeted out about the hang of a gay man in Iran. It should be a wake up call. People should care. This is outrageous. He's trying to lead the charge. In November, Grinnell called out the United Nations. Now, the UN, by the way, if you don't know, has been largely co-opted by Muslim-majority countries who are sympathetic to Sharia, who hate Israel. And so the UN will have resolution after resolution after resolution denouncing Israel for everything they ever do. So Grinnell pointed out the United Nations General Assembly overwhelmingly voting to accuse Israel of human rights violations, suggesting the assembly should instead vote on whether or not being gay is a crime. He tweeted, he, Grinnell tweeted, it will out the human rights hypocrites. It's really pretty funny. You get like a double entendre. Anyway, I love that. I love this mission. I love that Trump is leading it. I love that Grinnell, actually, by the way, Grinnell, this uh, ambassador to Germany, is apparently on the short list for, for Trump to name as our next ambassador to the UN because Nikki Haley wanted to step down, which I'm sorry to hear she did. But so you would think like who in the world could be against this? And the last group you think would be against this would be, you know, left wingers, especially the LGBTQ activists, but you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. There was an article out in a, a magazine or publication called Out, O-U-T, Out. And that publication, article by Matthew Rodriguez, wrote a piece titled, Trump's plan to decriminalize homosexuality is an old racist tactic. And I have to tell you what he meant by that. He's complaining that the majority of countries in the world that criminalize homosexuality are Muslim. And therefore, they tend to be darker-complected Arab majority. So instead of giving Trump credit, credit for saying every country in the world should agree we're not going to criminalize homosexuality, this guy is saying, oh, Trump doesn't really mean this. He's just picking on people. He's just being racist, picking on people because of their skin color. I mean, this is a this is an example the left cannot give Trump. I swear they couldn't give him credit if you solve cancer today. They couldn't give him credit. So this guy, at least, I will at least say this moron who wrote the out article called named Matthew Rodriguez, at least took a lot of criticism on Twitter, but he actually in the article criticized Trump. For his reaction, you remember when the Islamic extremist uh, shot up the gay nightclub in Florida, in Orlando, 
And part of Trump's reaction was to be, again, more careful who we bring here. We don't want to bring in Islamic extremists who, who you know, is, is consistent with Martin Rand, the teaching of Islam, are anti-Semitic. we got to be careful who we bring here. He criticized Trump reacting to stop bringing people here who might commit further acts like that. So, first of all, love the story, love that Trump's doing it, love the left. If anything, the left is being outed because they simply can't give Trump credit no matter what he does. Okay, my show is called America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I love when you tune in. I love doing the show every week, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central. If you're watching on Facebook, please share this show or share the segments. Please like this page. I'd so appreciate it if you would. If you're watching this on YouTube Live or YouTube, please subscribe to YouTube. Send me an email or you send me a note on YouTube. You can put comments there. You can also email me at AmericaKimmyTalk at gmail.com. My entire purpose in doing this show is to speak up for the extraordinary, exceptional, precious idea that is America, a country, the only country on earth, dedicated to preserving the rights of the individual to live in liberty. And if you like what you're hearing, you can help me out on my website, americacanwetalk.org. You can go to the homepage there. There's a donate button. You could, you could be a huge help to me if you would donate a one-time donation, a recurring donation, to help me spread this message to more people in America. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. America, can we talk? Truth about America. Can you